Today's daf is daf Gimel in Maseches Beya. And we pick up from Yitzchak Gamar. We are up to the third line of Gimel Amaralf. All right? What we're trying to figure out over here is what's the issue of using an egg that came out of a chicken on Yomtev? What are the possible problems? So we gave um, three possible answers. The first one was Rav Nachman. The second one was Raba. The third one is um, Rabbi Yisif. And now we're going to offer a fourth possibility, a fourth issue, and it's going to come from Rabbi Yitzchak. Here we go. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, Gzerim Mashkin Shazavu. Okay? It's a gzera of Mashkin Shazavu. That when you have liquid that comes out of fruit on Shabbos, the halacha is, and this applies to Yom Tif as well, the halacha is, you're not allowed to drink that juice. Okay? So too, says Beis Hillel in our Mishnah, that if we allow the egg that came out of the chicken to be eaten, people may come to drink the juice that came out of a fruit on Shabbos or Yom Tif. So it's a gzera, it's a decree, to create boundaries around that other, um, that other prohibition. Amr Abaye, Abaye says, one second. Think about what happened. Juice that comes out of a fruit is not allowed to be eaten on Shabbos and Yom Tif rabbinically. According to Rabbi Yitzchak, you're not allowed to eat an egg that comes out of a chicken on Shabbos or Yom Tif rabbinically because you might come to transgress the rabbinical problem of juice that comes out of a fruit, which it itself is merely a rabbinical transgression. The obvious question we're about to ask now is going to be, as we're familiar, since when do the rabbis make a decree to protect the decree that's there to protect the deoraisa? We don't do that. We make decrees to protect the oraisas. We don't make decrees to protect decrees that protect the oraisas. Why can't you have juice that comes out of a fruit on Yom If we allow you to drink the juice, you might come to squeeze it and get more juice, so you're not allowed to drink that juice. But that itself is a rabbinic problem. We're going to make a decree not to eat the egg that comes out of the chicken to protect another decree. We don't do that. Sigmar says, it's not a decree to protect the decree, rather, kula this, that you're not allowed to eat an egg that comes out of a chicken, and this, that you're not allowed to have juice that comes out of a fruit, both of those are the same decree. Says Beis Hillel, that you're not allowed to eat it lest one come to squeeze out a fruit. Okay? Fine. So we now have four different reasons as... As to why Beis Hillel does not allow the um, the egg that was laid on Yom Tif. I gave four possible reasons, right? Zok to Gemara like this. Kulu Rav Nachman Layamri. The other opinions, okay, remember who are the four, let's get, let's get this all straight. There's four opinions as to why Beis Hillel does not allow an egg that was laid on Yom Tif. We had Rabba, Rav Nachman, Rav Yosef, and Rav Yitzchak. Says the Gemara, Kulukrav Nachman Layamri. The other opinions don't follow 
the opinion of Reb Nachman, Kikushyon, because of our original question, okay? And the original question was that um, the, the reason why we disproved Rav Nachman and we tried walking away from him is because according to Rav Nachman's opinion, there shouldn't only be a machlekas concerning the egg, there should be a machlekas concerning the chicken as well. Okay. Karav And we also know why Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak, and Rav Yosef don't agree with Rabbah. Because maybe they'll say that Rabbah's whole thing was, oh, the, you know, the chicken, came, the egg came out on Yom Tif, which means it was prepared for the last 24 hours, and that's a problem. Maybe they'll say that, no, that issue of Achana, we don't agree that it's a problem. El Rabbi Yosef, my time of the Yomarka, Rabbi Yitzchak, why doesn't Rabbi Yosef, who gives the reason of, uh, that, that was the final reason that we said yesterday. Rabbi Yosef gave a svara that it was an issue of Mishum Peirais Hanay Sharim. We're not going to allow the egg to be eaten that comes out of the chicken because a person might come to pluck fruit from a tree. According to Rabbi Yosef, why, why do you have a problem with Rabbi Yitzchak who says the reason is you may come to squeeze a fruit? Why is the issue of plucking a fruit more of a problem and a person may be coming to squeeze a fruit. Says the Gemara, Amar Lach. Rabbi Yosef's going to say, I'll tell you why I don't like the Svara of Rabbi Yitzchak. I'll tell you like this. An egg is, is something that is eaten. Thank you. An egg is something that is eaten. And a fruit is something that is eaten. So if we allow you to eat an egg that came out of the chicken, a person may come to take a fruit. And separated from a tree. But it doesn't necessarily mean that a person might come to squeeze juice out of a fruit. Food and food is more connected than juice and food, something which is a drink. Okay, fine. So that's going to be... So the Gemara is saying very interesting. It's not that Rabbi Yosef argues on Rabbi Yitzhak's logic per se. Rather, Rabbi Yosef feels he's got a stronger place, a stronger logic to explain... Um, uh, where where Beis Hill is is coming from as to why they they uh, as to why they don't allow the egg. For Rabbi Yisroch, my time of the Amar Rabbi Yisroch, Rabbi Yisroch who says the reason that you're not allowed to eat a, the reason for Beis Hill that you're not allowed to eat an egg is because you may come to squeeze the fruit. What was wrong with Rabbi Yisroch's svara, which was that you might come to pluck a fruit? Amar Lach, Rabbi Yisroch is going to say Beitza blue or mashkin blue. He says, listen, an egg starts out inside the chicken. The juice starts out inside the chicken. That is more similar than la'afuke peira is the miglu v'kaimu. That's more similar than you might come to pluck a fruit that is already external of the tree. It's connected, but it's not inside the tree. It's growing on the outside of the tree. And therefore, my svara, my logic is stronger. Okay, beautiful. Says the Gemara, v'yafra b'yechna sabakzir misham mashkin shazavu. Rabbi Yechinen holds that the reason why Beis Hillel does not allow an egg on Yom Tif is because uh, it might come to squeezing a fruit. Rabbi Yitzchak asked the contradiction in the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, and he came and gave an answer. Now that's very cryptic, it's vague. What is this talking about where Rabbi Yitzchak came, where Rabbi Yechinen came, asked the contradiction and gave an answer, and somehow this is showing us that um, Rabbi Yechanan's of the opinion that the issue is squeezing a fruit. Okay, so let's get into this. 
Tanan. We learned in a Mishnah. You're not allowed to squeeze fruits in order to get juice. Okay? Shabbos or Yantuk. You're not allowed to squeeze out fruits to get juice. Even if you happen to have a fruit where juice comes out on its own, you're not even allowed to drink that juice on Shabbos. Why? What would be the svara here? Because if you allow you to drink the juice, you might come to squeeze some more. Okay? So you're not allowed to drink even uh, juice that came out of a fruit naturally on its own. Rabbi Yehuda in there. Rabbi Yehuda says, Im if the fruit was supposed to be eaten, then, I bought, I bought my apples, not for apple juice, I bought my apples to take a bite out of it. So then, if you happen to have juice that comes out of your apple, any juice that comes out of the apple is okay. However, let's say I bought, I bought fruit for the purpose of squeezing them because I specifically want the juice. Then, even if the juice came out naturally without me squeezing it, it's going to be forbidden. Okay, so again, let's, let's just reiterate what the dispute over here is about juice that naturally comes out of a fruit. According to the Tanakama, you can never have juice that comes out of a fruit Certainly if you squeeze it, because you did Navera, and even if it came out naturally. Rabbi Yehuda says it depends. You're allowed to have juice that comes out of a fruit as long as it was a fruit that was meant to be eaten. You only cannot have juice that comes out of a fruit if it's a, if it's a fruit that's there for juice. Okay. Now, says the Gemara, Alma, kol eichan Rabbi Yehuda, ochla da'afratu. You see that according to Rabbi Yehuda, any time you have food that comes out of food, it's considered food. Let's explain. Let's explain what we just said. Rabbi Yehuda allows natural juice that flows from an orange or any fruit to be drunk. Why? Because he considers juice that's not squeezed. It just flowed out on its own to actually be food. It's kind of keeping the status as food. Viraminhu. But let's ask a contradiction in Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Because we said elsewhere, Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Yehuda says, A person is allowed to talk about, make a, make a uh, tonight, make a condition about uh, fruit on the, on the first day of Yom Tev, and eat it on the second day of Yom Tif, as far as taking Shumas and Maisris, and he also holds that an egg, which comes out on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, is allowed to be eaten on the second day. Okay? This is talking about the second day, uh, the second day Yom Tif. Now, Vesheni in Berishan light, you see from here that Rebuta only allows the egg to be eaten on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, and not on the first day. That was the contradiction in in Rabbi Yehuda, Umeshani Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon himself answered the contradiction. Switch around the opinion that really Rabbi Yehuda does not allow uh, the juice that flows out no matter what. And it's the Chachamim who say that it depends. So over here, it's gonna, uh, what you see is that um, uh, Rabbi Yehuda is machmir. He's strict. He does not allow juice that ever comes out of a fruit. And therefore, 
um, he's also going to not allow the egg that comes out of the chicken for the same reason. And since we originally had a contradiction, you see from here that the reason for the juice not being allowed uh, when it naturally flows out and the reason for the egg that comes out of a chicken are both for the same logic, meaning it's not a gezerah on a gezerah, rather the whole thing is one gezerah. Now, that's the end of Amad Aleph. I want to pause. We're not done with this, but I want to share something that we can skip over, but it's Mamisha beautiful Zach. Listen to this. This is so fascinating. Let's get practical with what we just learned. We just read a brisa, which states that if you have an egg that was laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, you're allowed to eat that egg on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Let me ask you a question. Why? Why do you think you're allowed to eat on the second day? Or if you have fruit that Truma Maisa was separated on the first day, you're allowed to eat on the second day. Why? And as far as in. Yeah. So listen to this. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Um, and this is going to lead us on to Ahmed Beis. Ready? Besides for Rosh Hashanah, on a regular Yom Tif, why is there two-day Yom Tif? What, what's the reason why in Chutz we have a two-day Yom Tif? So you could the Right? So Rabbi El, listen to this. You ready? You buy a new hat for Sukkot. All right? You buy a new hat for Sukkot. The first day Sukkot, your hat arrives. UPS. Are you allowed to use your hat on the first day of Sukkot? Can you use that hat on Yom Tif? Right. Why? It's Muktzah. Can you use your hat on the second day of Yom Tif? What do you think? So it's still Yom Tif. But listen, but listen to this. You ready? Listen to this strong svara, which is halacha lemaisa. You have something you need for Yom Tif. A hat. Okay. It arrives on the first day. Now it's the second day. So now here we go. If the second day is real, is really Yom Tif, when did your head arrive? Erev Yom Tif. Ready? And if the first, if yesterday was really Yom Tif, so then what's today? Cholamayim. So Mimanov Shach, no matter how you view the second day Yom Tif, I should be allowed to use it. Right? And this, by the way, when you have something that's Letzayrach Yom Tif, is true. It's called Memonov Shach. Either way. When, once I hit second day, it's, this does not apply to something that arrives second day. And there's no Memonov Shach. We're not dealing with Shabbos. In a regular case, it's beautiful. 
if you have a second day, and the second day is only there because Vega the Yaima, on the second day I should be allowed to wear the hat. Meman of Shach, either way. If today is Yom Tif, my hat came on Erev Yom Tif. And if today is not Yom Tif, so it's not Yom Tif. It's Cholomai. Givaldik. That's what Rabbi Yehuda is saying. Says Rabbi Yehuda, when you have an egg that's laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, you're allowed to eat it on the second day. Because Meman of Shach, either way. If the second day is Rosh Hashanah, so then yesterday the egg was laid on Erev Yom Tif. And if yesterday was Yom Tif, today is not. Beautiful. Yeah? That's the Svarim. Amish Kishmak. We, we could have run right over this Gemara and, and, and missed out on that. All right? Yeah, it was a, that's right. That's right. There was a package that arrived at your doorstep. Right? So that, but that's, that's the, the Svarim is coming from right here. The Svarim is coming from Ibihuda. Mamish Gavaldi. Now let's turn to Amad Beis. Ravina Ravina says... Really, you do not need to switch around the opinions. Rabbi Huda, the brain, the Rabbana Karmelu, and Rabbi Huda is following the opinion of the Rabbana, and he's not a contradiction. Really, he's saying according to them. He's saying like this. According to me, um, an egg is mutter even on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. You know why? If an egg's late on Rosh Hashanah, it's allowed? Because I say, Listen, this is food that came out of food. There's no problem whatsoever. And I, I, I'm allowed to eat the chicken on Yom Tif. If I'm allowed to eat the chicken on Yom Tif, I can eat the egg that comes out of the chicken. That doesn't bother me. However, but according to you who say that you have a problem and it's not food that comes out of food, at least admit, on the second day of Yom Tif, it should be allowed because of the Maman of Shach that we just explained with the packages. Because either way, you know, either way, on the second day, you, you should be allowed to eat the egg. And Avami lay Rabbonah, and the Rabbonah say back to him, and this is huge for Rosh Hashanah, you ready? Lai, Rosh Hashanah is different than Sukkot. You know why? Kedusha Achasi, big, big sugya, which is that Rosh Hashanah, all 48 hours are considered a Yuma Arichta. It's considered one long extended period of Kedusha. And on Rosh Hashanah, where everybody has two days, even in Eretz Yisrael, the Rabban are going to respond, granted on Sukkot, Rabiel and his hat are going to have this leniency. But on Rosh Hashanah, you can't say that. Because in Rosh Hashanah, the two days is not just viewed as a Sveika Diyayma. It's not two separate entities. Maybe today is Yantav, maybe tomorrow is Yantav. There's a new Chiddush over here. There's a new idea, which is that that Rosh Hashanah is one extended two-day yomtif. Ravina Beid Rabula, Ravina, the son of Rabula, says, Here we're dealing with the chicken that was made to make eggs. So now, is the chicken itself considered food? No. Because the chicken is not here for eating. The chicken's here for food. And beauty consistent with his own reasoning, this day, Mokhtar, he says that there's muktzah on many things. It's therefore there's muktzah on the chicken, and once there's muktzah on the chicken, there's muktzah on the egg as well. Period. End of that back and forth. Okay. Meisvei. We're now going to ask a challenging question on our entire premise. Let's take a step back and give an overview where we're holding right now. Beis Hillel taught us in our Mishnah an egg that is laid on Yom Tif is moktza. You're not allowed to eat it. We gave four reasons. Rav Nachman's reason, Rabba's reason, Rabbi Yosef's reason, 
Reb Yitzchak's reason. We gave four reasons why um, why uh, you cannot eat the egg. Okay. Meisve. Let's ask a challenging question on what we've learned so far. When you have an egg that was laid on Yomtev, uh, on, on Shabbos, I'm sorry. Whether you have an egg laid on Shabbos, or you have an egg laid on Yomtev. Says the Brisa, you're not, it's Muktzah. You're not allowed to move it. You can't use it to, to be a cork, to stuff up a vessel. And you also cannot lean the kare hamita. Okay? Rashi says a fascinating thing. And that is when you put an egg at certain, you know, you think an egg cracks very easily. When you put an egg at certain angles, it actually is very, very strong and can, and can last as a support for a bed. However, you're allowed to protect the egg. You're not allowed to use the egg as a clee, but you're allowed to turn a vessel over to protect the egg. What's the difference? In the first couple cases, I'm moving the egg. I'm moving it to the bed. I'm moving it as a cork. I'm putting it a cork inside the bottom. Over here, you're not touching the egg. You're putting something on top of the egg. Usveka um, asura. And when you have a suffix, now we're going to see soon what the suffix means. When you have a suffix, then it's asur. Then this arva be'elev. And if this egg becomes mixed in with a thousand other eggs, kula masures. All the eggs are forbidden. This one egg that was laid on Shabbos or Yom Tiv is not bottle beroid. Does not become nullified. Even be'elef, even in a thousand, it is not, even in a thousand, it is not bottle. Okay. Says the Gemara. We understand according to Rabbi says the reason for the egg being mukta is because of achana. So okay, We have a suffik da'iraisa. What's the suffik da'iraisa here? The um, it's learned out. Uh, um, I lost the place. I'm sorry. Yeah, according to Rabbi, the achana. Is a Isser Shabbos, or a, uh, is a Isser Shabbos to Yomtif, or is a Yomtif to Shabbos? And Mamela, it's going to be Usser Midai Raisa. And remember, what was his case? What was the case of Rabbah? When Yomtif immediately follows Shabbos, or Shabbos immediately follows Yomtif. Okay, so according to Rabbah. So we now have a suffix. It says, Sveika Asura. Okay, fine. So if you're dealing with a Dairaisa Dika Halacha, we understand that when you're in doubt about this egg, you, gotta be, uh, you need to be strict. However, says the Gemara, Elder Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Darmi Mishum Gzeiro, who say that the reason why you can't have the egg is because of decree. Either it's a decree that the, the from the juice coming out of the fruit, or it's a decree that you might pluck a fruit from a tree. It's only a rabbinic problem. Sveika derabani. So it's a suffix derabani. Behold, sveika derabani. Lekula. We know whenever you have a suffix derabani, whenever you're in doubt as to a rabbinic halacha, you're going to be lenient. So why does our Brisa say? That you need to be machmir. So Gemara says, Seifa Asan the Suffolk Trefa. We're not dealing with a Suffolk when it was laid. We're rather dealing with a Suffolk Trefa. Now, this is very interesting, which is that if you ever have an animal that's a Trefa, and I'm going to bring up the mice in a moment, very practical. If you ever have an animal that's a Trefa, it's a Trefa animal, as a hole in the lungs, face, you're not allowed to eat 
the egg or the milk that comes out of it. Even it, what it produces is treif. Okay? So what the Gemara is answering for the moment here, and we're about to expand this. What the Gemara is answering is, when we say that the egg, besveka, doesn't mean that it's suffolk when it was laid, you're right. That's going to be a suffolk derabona. The suffolk here is, we're mesupik, whether the chicken that the egg came from was treif. Maybe the chicken itself was a trefa. When, the, when there's a concern that maybe the chicken itself was a trefa, then you're not allowed to eat the egg because it's suffolk derisa. Now I want to pause for a moment and talk not only about chickens, but about milk. A trefa animal, you're not allowed to drink its milk. Halacha lemaisa. Why are we allowed to drink milk? Why are you allowed to drink milk? How do you know that the milk that the animal came from? You could have a guy standing there with payas. How do you know that the animal that the milk came from is not a trefa? It's a good question. Right? Maybe the milk is trefa. Right? So the truth is, we rely on chazaka. Most animals are not trefa. Most animals are not trefa. So I don't have to assume my milk came from a trefa animal. Yeah, an animal that had a hole in the lungs, the heart, the stomach, whatever. Now, here's the problem. You ready for this? Um, Rav, uh, Rav Herschel Schachter Shlita, Rashiv of YU. I've been told, I don't know if it's true, I've been told he doesn't drink milk. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Apparently, and this is a fact, but not apparent, I'll tell you what, what is apparent and what's a fact. What's a fact is, when they take animals that are milked after a certain amount of time, they're mostly treif. Once they're done milking a cow, they milk it for a certain amount of years, and then they, when it's not producing milk anymore, they shecht it. The milking cows are mostly trefas. They have holes in the stomachs and the lungs, and uh, that's ruba deruba. And therefore, he's makbid to not drink milk. He says, how do you know? Now, what we rely on to drink milk is we say like this, shkaych. It's true that when you shecht the cow, once it completes its ability to milk, a very high percentage are trephas. But over the course of time, while they're giving the milk, they're not trephas. We don't know exactly when that turning point became, you know, how many years into milking a cow do they become rove? We're not sure. But we're assuming, and it's a strong assumption, which is what we rely on, that most cows, when they're being milked, are not going to be treif. He's machmir and on himself. I don't believe he's machmir in his family. I believe he's machmir on himself. But it's a good svara. It's a good logic. When you, when you ultimately shech the cows, the, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of trefas there. And that's what the Gemara here is saying as well. What we're responding about, the, why, we're mak, why we're makbid on the suffake uh, egg, Says the Gemara, because it's a suffake whether uh, a suffake came about as to whether the chicken that it came from was treif or not, and therefore you can't eat it. Says the Gemara, if that's true, you say the end of the bride. So, if this egg from a suffake trefa got mixed up in a thousand, all thousand eggs are not allowed to be eaten because maybe that's the egg. If you say that it's a dip, you're not sure when the egg was laid, so then we can say, fine. Listen, once Yom Tif is over, you can eat the egg. 
And we know the rule is, anything that ultimately will be allowed, you can't rely on bittel. Okay? Even a thousand is not nullified. So then it would make sense why you can't eat all the eggs. But if you say the problem here is suffix trefa, maybe the egg came from a trefa chicken. We don't know. And then that egg that we don't know goes into a thousand other eggs, and now we can't find it. That egg never has a chance to become allowed. Let it be bottle If you're going to say you can't be mavatol something that's chashuv, right? Can you can you say that a yid is bottle? Can you say a human being is bottle in other people? No such thing, right? Bittle nullification doesn't apply when something is chashuv within itself. So, you know, you, if something's there and chashuv in existence, you can't say, oh, it's not there, it's bottle. You can't say that, okay? So v'chitem, you're going to say the reason why the egg messes everything up is because an egg is considered chashuv, and it's not bottle, and since it's not bottle, all the eggs are a problem. If you say that anything that's counted can't become bottle, fine, we'll get it. We'll follow that approach. But if you're going to say things that are usually counted can be bottle, Michael and Neymar, what are you going to say? Eggs are counted, they're sold by the dozen, right? So by a dozen, two dozen, 18 eggs, they're sold by numbers. So why can't you be mevatel this egg? And just say, listen, we had an egg. We don't know. Uh, one into a thousand. We don't know where it is. So let me eat all the eggs. Yeah, even if it's something that's counted, there's bittel. So now the Gemara is going to explain like this. Ditna. How do we know there's actually a machlekes about whether something that's counted? This is going to be the discussion, by the way, for the next little bit. The laws of Bittel. How do you, how you nullify something? That's not learned in the Mishnah. Misha Hayalai Chavile Tilson, a person who has bundles of Tilson. Tilson is, um, is a bean called fenugreek. Okay? Shalkale Hakerem. However, it came from Klaye Hakerem. It came from Shatnis, a, a mixture, a forbidden mixture of a vineyard. The halacha is yidliku. You have to light them up. Nisarbu, you know how to use it. You got to make sure it's gone. Nisarbu bachirik. Let's say these bundles of fenugreek that were grown as klayim, forbidden to benefit from. Let's say it gets mixed up. Bachiris bachiris. And those other things that mix up with other things. Kulam yidviku. Everything. There's no bittel. There's no nullification on anything. You got to burn up all of them. Divir Rabbi Meir. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Nacham say, Yalu ba'achasumasayim that um, it's only not nullified up until 200. Once you get to 200, it could, you could have nullification. Now, why are they arguing like this? Something that's usually counted, it's considered hectic. Now, we're not dealing with over here, holy. Over here, the word kadosh literally means separated. It's set aside from me. It's separated from me. Okay? And therefore, it sets aside everything. For my ability to benefit. There's only six particular things that you're not allowed that, that uh, would render everything else not allowed. Meaning there's no bittel and it's gonna ruin uh, it's gonna ruin everything. Okay. Um, lost the place, I'm sorry. Rebekiva says Shiva, there's seven different types of fruits that that are that are not allowed by Elohim. What's the list of things? That if they uh, of a fruit, and when it gets mixed in, there's no bittel at all. 
Be'iluhain, Egoizei Perech, nuts of Perech. Rashi says Perech is the name of a place. Apparently the nuts from these place are, are very chashuv and they cost a lot of money. So you can't be mavatalit. Vrimayne Badon and pomegranates from Badon, also a name of a place. Bechavyai Stumais and closed barrels of wine. So it's very stark and chashuv. Yeah, it hasn't been touched. It's untouched. It's ruined. It's not ruined. Bechilfei Trodin and uh, Trodin are beets that are chilfei, that are. Um, Chilfei is, uh, it's a, uh, I'm not, I think it's like a wild beet, I don't know, some sort of wild beet. The Kilchei Kruv and the Klochim of a Kruv, like the, the Kruv is cabbage. Over here, it's referring to the outer parts of the cabbage, I believe. Lost the place again, I'm sorry. I keep losing the place. With the bonus. And a melon from Greece. Rabbi Kiva Meister, Rabbi Kiva adds on a seventh. He says, Afki Karish even a homemade bread is considered chashuv. What's unique about all these things? Haro'oi le arla, arla. If they're capable of becoming arla, they have the laws of, uh, the, they're called arla. Haro'oi le kaliyakerem, kaliyakerem. And anything that's capable of becoming kaliyakerem is called kaliyakerem. All these halachas apply to these fruits. And when if these fruits ever get mixed in to other fruits, when they are arla or kaliyakerem, it's going to ruin everything. Okay. Now, the Inmar Allah, we said about this Mishnah that gives the list of these fruits. says, Things that are counted. So, Shaninu, we learned that they're not bottle. Virab Shimon Lakashamar Shimon says, That anything that is usually counted and now not counted is still going to be considered. Part of a count, and there's no bittel. Now, honey, Chalav Shimon Lakish, it makes sense according to Rabbi Shimon Ben Lakish, uh, the halacha of our Mishnah. So we'll say like this An egg is usually sold by the piece or by the dozen. How does it work? So it depends. It depends. We buy them by the dozen. But, says Rashi, um, According to Shimon Lakish, you could say that maybe a person buys an egg by itself. So if you say that, a, that, you, that uh, an egg could be bought by itself, it doesn't need to be bought by the dozen, then it's not bottle in anything. Uh, you, could buy, you could buy an egg. There's no bitl. It's chasha by itself. According to Rav Yechanan, what is he going to say? Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, Hi, Tana, Tana, the literal Katsiyasu, the Tana of this Brisa, who says that you cannot be mavatal eggs, he's the Tana who taught us a different halacha elsewhere concerning a litra. A litra is a measurement of ketzias. Ketzias are dried out figs. The Amar Davar called over Shabbaminya, a few with Rabbanu who says that anything that um, is sold by itself at times, even Midrabanon, is not going to be bottle, but Koshkein Bidaraisa. And if it's not bottle Midrabanon, Kolshkein, how much more so is it not going to be bottle Daraisa? Because we need to be more strict on the Daraisa than we are on the Dirabanan. Now let's just read, we'll wrap up with this Mishnah. Let's end with this. How do you know that there's a halacha concerning these, this litra of figs? The time we learned in the Mishnah, litra katsia shesidra agave eagle, when you have a litra of figs that are made into a cake. But you don't know uh, which cake the litra was put in. 
or you put into the opening of a chavis, the, chav, the opening of a barrel, and you don't know which one you put it into. Okay. Alpi kaveres, or you put it into a kaveres. So a kaveres is a regular uh, basket. Ben de beza kaveres dars or Rav Meir says, Rav Meir says the following that Rabbi Eliezer Aimer. Rav Meir says that Rabbi Eliezer says top of tomorrow's daf. We look at the top parts of these dried uh, fig cakes as if they're separated. Whatever's all the way on top is not connected to the whole amount. And the lower ones are now connected to the upper ones, and it's all viewed as one. If there are meyapumim, meyapumim means a hundred openings. Okay? Now these figs are truma. That's, what, that's what's causing the issue here. So if there's a hundred of them, yalu, then they're all considered truma. They love, but if you don't have a hundred, then hapumim asurim, anything that's less, if you have less than a hundred, it's not botu bameya, you don't have a hundred to be mavatlin, it's going to mess everything up. Vahashulam, vashulayim, mutarim. And the rest of the figs are going to be allowed. While Rabbi Yehuda, while Rabbi Yehuda says, that, that's, that was Rav Meir's approach to the Machlekes, Rabbi Eliezer, and, and Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yehuda argues about the Machlekes. And Rabbi Yehuda says that Rabbi Eliezer, Aymer, if you have a hundred separate openings, then Yalu, then they, they all combine, and it could be bottle, uh, whatever dried figs, whatever dried figs are there are bottle b'meya, vashulayim mutarim, and the figs that are underneath are, are, are not going to be bottle may, it's going to be asr. Vashulayim mutarim. And the figs underneath are going to be mutter. They're not even considered part of the counting. While Rabbi Yeshua, Afilu Yesham Shalesh Mayas Pumim, even if you have a hundred different openings over there, La Yalu, they do not, uh, it's not going to nullify the litra. It's not going to nullify the, the litra of figs, of truma figs that were put on top. Final case for today Drusab Eagle. Let's say he put the figs into a round cake mold. Then you have a eagle drusa, and you don't know where you put it. I, I know I have truma here of figs, but I don't know where it went. Divri, I call Yalu. Everybody's going to say that it could connect with other ones to be bottled. Divri, I call Hanu How can you say everybody agrees? Here's the machlekes. Yes, Amar of Papa. Of Papa says, Amar. This is what this is what we mean to say. Drusab eagle. If he put the truma figs into a mold of a round press cake, and he doesn't know which one it was put into, whether it was put into this one or that one, or the northern side of the table, the southern side, then everybody's going to agree that everything does combine because you can't notice any particular cake individually. Now that it's all been put together and we have no clue where it is, it's now going to be offered the opportunity to be bottle b'meya. We're up to Rav Ashi Amar and Bez Hashem. We will, we're about 11 or 12 lines down on Dalit Amar Aleph. Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here uh, tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.